Blog Talk Radio. Internet just went down. Ask me what happened because I have no idea. The show said blog talk radio, boom, and then everything just went blank. So, but at least we're back on the air. Hopefully, you can still hear me out there. But you're here live at UWC Radio. Don't forget the United Wrestling Council. You can check it out. Big show that we've been planning for quite some time. Of course, with this COVID, we've been getting backed up and backed up again and backed up again. So, who knows what's going to happen? But we'll update you on that. But first, let me go through the lineup. Of course, we got coming up at about the 15-minute mark, Los Chivos, Cayam, and Enigma de Oro. I got so much I want to talk to him about. Of course, Cayam is booked on the big show that we have coming up. He's going to be teaming with Fletch Fugaz against Power Baby Genesis and Jaguar de Oro. It's been booked. It's been booked for almost three months now. So going to talk to him a little bit about that. And, of course, we're going to have Enigma de Oro on, too, who is his brother and his partner that has been wrestling for such a long time. There's so much I want to talk to them about. Plus, I want to get their thoughts on what I've been catching a lot of heat about Randy Orton because I said he absolutely sucks, which he does. And I didn't like the fact that they had to bring him in and he throttled Garza and all that. And, and I'm not racist at all. I'm not like, oh, you know, for the Mexican people and stuff. I, I, I think you're you're – you know, your talent and your actions can speak for itself, but I just don't like the way that whole thing was put together. I just don't. So I'll, I'll pose that to them. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, then, you know, I'll see what their thoughts are about that. Their thoughts about that. And like I said before, guys like Andrade, Garza, you know, Grand Metalik, I'm so happy that they're in the WWE making money, getting paid what they should for what they do. But I, the way they use them is just atrocious. I just don't. And to, to their, it just might not be their fault. They, uh, WWE, they just might not know what to do with them. They just don't know. I don't know, you know, maybe they need to bring in somebody, like maybe somebody like an Alberto Del Rio that knows how to book them 
or whatever, or, or maybe even Jesus uh, Rodriguez, who was uh, his announcer, somebody like that that knows who to put together, and maybe that will work. But who knows? I have no idea, but I'll pose that question to them and talk about that. Then we're going to talk a little bit later on. Jim Stranger's uh, kid that I met out there at Compton Mania, and we got to talk, and luckily he brought his uh, app on his phone, and we were able to watch some UFC while uh, we were doing Compton Mania. So I want to get a couple of thoughts on him. We'll, we'll pose that question to him about that octagon when they, you know, the last couple shows they brought that big, humongous octagon, and everybody's running around, running away from each other. So I'll pose that question to him and see what he thinks about that. So i got a lot to talk about, um, a bunch of stuff going on. We've been meeting almost every day, uh, communicating, and then we've been meeting on the weekends to try to get everything together. Right now, uh, Manny is unfortunately under the weather. You know, wish him a speedy recovery. You know, things happen. And, uh, you know, we're getting old, man. I mean, I'm getting old, too. We've been doing this for 20-plus years, you know, doing shows, wrestling, and you know, Manny was out of the business for a little while, but, you know, we all came together to try to bring a different type of, you know, there's there's really not that much more you can do to, to wrestling. But it's, you know, so many uh, younger people with the spots and the flips and the, you know, stuff like that. We want to try to bring that and mix it in, though, with some of the old school style, and, uh, style of wrestling and hard hitting, strong style, and really bring a lot to the people. So that's what we've been working on, and we've been really putting a lot together just by this radio show alone we've upgraded to the um pre- premium package so that we can bring the sponsors a lot more you know if, you, if you're going to jump on as a sponsor we can offer you so much not only just uh you know some spots on this radio show but we'll come down and do a live broadcast from your company or from your business and that has drawn quite a few people because i got a lot of stuff that i give away you know i have some action figures uh, you know wrestling action figures i have ufc action figures i got just shirts i got tons of stuff to give away so we play a little chop trivia back in the day when i was doing wrestling 101 with big swag it was myself big swag looney lane uh samoa joe and then John Cena would come and work in the chat room back in the day. It was so funny because we used to talk bodybuilding, not you know, not that I was practicing the way he did, but we talk a lot about that. And we, we had a really good time, but we would play something called Chop Trivia, and they'd ask a question, and if somebody would get it wrong, somebody would get chopped. And Samoa Joe was the one who was doing the chopping. And I remember that we had the Ballard Brothers over in the studio, and they were talking, and people could care less what the answers were. They just wanted to see them get chopped. So as we brought that over, it's the same thing. We went to Orchateria and brought some stuff to give away. They could carry. And we had good stuff. We had UFC, uh, MMA gloves. We had some Remisterio masks and stuff like that. People could care. They just wanted to see Luis, uh, who was one of the students, get chopped. They just wanted to see his chest beat red. But it really is good. So we offer that. You know, we come down, do a live broadcast, bring the, the luchadores down. And it's funny because we were in the meeting the other day, I was talking with Manny and Mike, and uh, I did a show a while back at the Metroflex Gym in Long Beach. And Metroflex Gym is a hardcore gym. It's you know big bodybuilders, big you know big garrotes and all that working out, lifting those big weights. And we, it was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I went from like ten to twelve, and everybody's working out. Had a few people on. We're talking some bodybuilding supplements, whatever. But when the chivos came, and they came in their mascaras. They had to walk through the gym to get to where we were doing the live show. And this is the truth. That whole gym just completely stopped. And we just turned and we're looking at them. And they're going, oh, my God. <laughs> it looks like they got some wrestlers. Hold on. <clears throat> they got some luchadores. What's going on? And they all came and they wanted to know what was happening. So <clears throat> just the mask alone 
through everybody to see what's happening. So it does bring a lot to your business or to whatever because people are interested. They want to see what's happening. If we're going to have a cage match, you know, we'll bring a big piece of the cage, you know, and have tables to where we do ticket sales and stuff like that. And people, that piques their interest to see what's going on. So talk about that. We talked a lot about that as far as, you know, sponsorships and drawing people. And we we even talked about our champion. We said, hey, you know, the UWC, once we get going, you know, and we have the people wrestling for the belt, you know, it's somebody that we talk a lot about Ric Flair. I mean, that man, people paid to see that man. And that's, we want somebody who carries himself like a champion, you know, can wrestle all styles and all that. So we've been talking to a few different wrestlers that we want to bring in and see if they can handle it. Not only just the pro wrestling, but if we bring a luchador from, you know, Mexico, like a Black Tarus or a Mecha Wolf, can you hang with them? You know, so we talked for hours. I mean, we met it at the, uh, it's a grind in Long Beach because, you know, you can't do too much, but if you're outside, they'll let you come. So we even brought the lawn chairs and tables and stuff like that and threw them out there and sat out there, had coffee, talked, and tried to get as much as we could together. So it's it's even though the COVID is keeping us from doing the show, we're still working to bring everything together, working on the sponsorships, working on offering them quite a bit that they're going to get for their money. And I can honestly say once they buy a sponsorship, they're going to get quite a bit because we got a lot in the package for them, working on banners for them so that they can, you know, put them on the easy up and have a VIP section when they come to check out, you know, the show's and things of that nature because it's it, it you know it's good for them. People see their business and they see their banners and you know they they take their clients to a show. We we put on a good show for them. You know it helps their business as well. So constantly working, trying to get everything set so that we can get you know that first show under our belt and they can kind of see what we're all about. So we're really working on VIP package for people. Like if you want to come to the show. We're going to make a package where you can buy two adult tickets, two child tickets, and, you know, you get snacks and first row seating, you know, first two rows and all that. So it's going to be huge. Been definitely working and putting a lot of effort into this first show. When it's going to happen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if a second wave is coming because a lot of the guys on my other show, the the mixed martial arts guys, you know, even Giovanni Varela from Anaconda Academy and Chad George from, you know, CMMA, you know, they're saying, man, if we get a second wave, you know, we don't know if we're going to be able to to survive, you know, because they were down for so long. So, you know, hey, my heart goes out to them. I hope we can keep going and keep working. My uh, weightlifting gym closed down again, so I don't know what the heck's going to happen. I just hope we can get through that. So, anyways, that's just the opening. We'll talk a little bit about that. Talk, give you a quick update about, you know, what's going on with our, our big show that's coming up. Uh, I don't know what happened at the beginning of the show, but at least we're back live on the air. So, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'm going to give the Chivos a call, make sure that they're ready to go. We'll come back, we'll talk to them, and then we'll really start getting into some Lucha Libre, some pro wrestling, and talk about what's coming up in the new feature. Hang on, we'll be right back.
Yeah, talking about that ultimate fighter. Giving Kayam a call now, see if we can get him on the line first, and then we'll call Enigma, make sure we get him on to talk a little bit about what's happening in the near future. So luckily we're back on there. I have no idea what Hello? happened in that first three minutes. Hey, Kayam, it's Fabiano. You're live on On The Mat Radio. Can you hear me? I'm On The Mat. What's up, my brother? I'm so sorry. I'm so very used to I, I, I could barely hear you. Can you hear me now? Uh, uh, there you go. That much better. Much better. Okay, good. Oh, hold on a second. Okay, now we got action. Let me. Um, I'm gonna call somebody. You might know him. It's a wrestler by the name of Enigma de Oro. Are you familiar with I that guy? I know that bum. <laughs> I know that bum. <laughs> hey, um, we're gonna give him a call because I got I got so much to talk about. Not only I want to talk some some lucha libre alliance, but I want to talk uh, a little bit about Mexican wrestlers in the American. Companies. So, but let me get Enigma on the yeah. phone because when, when we're talking about that, there's nobody who knows more than Enigma. I, he when he comes over for the live broadcast, when we have him over there at the uh, yeah. Nutri Shop, we go on for hours. You know what I mean? It's like it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, me, yeah, man. This guy, this guy knows everything. A through Z. <laughs> let me get him on the line real quick. Yeah, yeah, bro. Hello. Hey, Enigma, it's Faviano. Can you hear me? Hey, how you doing, brother? Ah, doing good. Real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at UWC Radio. That's the United Wrestling Council. They've actually, you know, bumped up to the premium package. So now that we've done that, we can actually get both Chivos on the on the phone, which is exactly perfect for this radio show. So first up, since I got Gayam on first, Gayam, first of all, before we get to Enigma and start talking what I want to talk about, how how's everything going? Uh, with the oh, with all this COVID, you know, we us personally, I've been trying to get this show together, and I got pushed back, and I got pushed back again. So at, at this moment, what's been going on? Do you is it just kind of on the back burner, and you're training, getting yourself ready, or have you still been like steadily working to get Lucha Libre Lines back in gear? Or what's what's been the game plan so far? First of all, hello to all your audience, and 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 I wish you the best of luck with your organization. It's always a pleasure being with you, Fabi, and and your and your fellowship. Is always a big, a big, very important group of people for uh, Lucha Libre Alliance and for those chivos. Now, let me tell yeah. you, my brother, we're following all the guidelines. Uh, in fact, tomorrow we're gonna tape a, 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 a shout out to all our fans and, and just letting them know that we gotta follow the guidelines. And, and, and I know it's frustrating. I mean, we we we're still working out. We work out. We're ready to go anytime. But yeah. But um, but uh, right now the city. Uh, ballet has us uh, in in uh, in a lockdown and a shutdown, and we have to follow the guidelines, and that's that's the bottom line. And so, right now, we're not uh, uh, we're we're not running any shows, but we're in contact with the fans at all times, and yeah. uh, we just want to tell everybody out there wear those masks. I know this it's controversial, but wear those masks, man, because. It, we got we gotta knock this goddamn uh, COVID nineteen in its ass. We gotta do gotta body slam it, drop kick it, suplex it, and just kick its butt. And there's only way we're gonna do it is by working together. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what's so hard about wearing a mask. Now, Enigma himself, him and I have worked in the medical field for quite some time. And now, I yeah. mean, before I just used to wear my scrubs and then we used to have to have a hat on because we were in the OR. And if you go in a room that, that's that's uh, sterile or whatever, you have to put your mask and your gloves on if you're in the sterile field. But now we have to wear it 24-7. Not only that, but we have to wear eye protection, you know, because they don't want nothing getting in your eyes. So, Enigma, how about yourself? How, how's this 
COVID affected you? I mean, besides wearing a mask outside and everything, you have to take a lot of precautions, you know? Yes, and, and as a matter of fact, I'm wearing my mask right now, my Enigma de Oro mask. Right. Because whenever <laughs> anybody interviews me, yeah, I'm, you're interviewing Enigma de Oro, so I'm wearing my mask right, right now. Yeah, well, Enigma's 24-7, you know, with the with the mascara. But, you know, it's funny because I was talking about that, you know, I'm working with Bobby, the company. Bobby, go ahead. Bobby, remember, I haven't seen my brother's face since I was 10 years old, all right? <laughs> <laughs> this is when we when we were doing the show. I can't. I think it was over there at the at the uh, Frankensons, and and Enigma was going to change his mask. He was going to change from like his walking mask that had a zipper in the back to his wrestling mask. So we're talking and all that, and and I said, oh, he's going to take his mask off. I'm finally going to get to see his face. And the way he did it, he pulled the top one off and put the put the bottom one on. So all I saw was just the bottom of his chin. And he's looking at me, and I, and I was kind of looking at him, and he goes, you know what? Sometimes my wife doesn't even see my, my face. Or <laughs> okay, hold on a second. I got somebody on the line. That's why she married let me, see what, <laughs> let me see what's going on here. <laughs> Hello, you're on UWC Radio. Who's this? Hey, man, it's Michael Parks. Oh, what's up, man? How's, first of all, real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at the United Wrestling Council Radio, and we're talking to the Chivos, Kayam, and Enigma de Oro. And, and on the line calling in real quick is one of the co-owners of United Wrestling Council, Michael Parks. Michael Parks, how are you, my friend? Michael, yeah. Um, gentlemen, how you well, guys look, doing? Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Michael Parks. Hopefully, yes, it is. very soon, we'll be working together, God willing. Well, uh, let, let me let me I'm tell you what happened. Yeah, this is this is what, what's going on. Michael Parks, um, I was doing a show in Orange County, and I had Mike. Mike did a show years ago at the Zacatecano. He brought Psicosis, he brought uh, Damien, he brought the Rey Mysterio, the original Rey Mysterio, and all that. Did a big show, huge out there at the Zacatecano. And I, I don't think the Chivos won because they were actually in Mexico that that weekend. So, anyways, it was you remember, of course, Enigma and and and. Gayam the Zacatecano, which was like the the hotbed oh, yes. for for wrestling Definitely. back in the day. Yes, you know, like, my, yes absolutely. About uh, how many times have you guys wrestled at the Zacatecano? Oh, oh man, man, many times. We were there every Sunday. Yeah, it used to be the big time well, hotbed. Friday, so anyways, Friday, Friday. Yeah, Friday. I, I lost. I lost contact with Mike for a while. He was doing his own thing, and I was still wrestling. But then he came to a show in Orange County, and when I, you know, I didn't even know he was coming. I see him. Hey, what's up? And he goes, "Man, he goes, I got bit by the bug. I got, I got to, you know, get back into it. I want to do another show, whatever." I said, "But look, man, you got to come down to Lucha Libre Alliance." I said, "The, the, the, the yes. Uh, yes. arena out there has actually become the hotbed now, like the Zacatecano was." So he came to the show over there. He came to like two shows. And he just got bit by the bug. He said, "Man, this is what I'm." But fortunately for him, it was the 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 end of the world when when Gaiam and I had the big match, and you know I, I'm still hurting to this day from I told you I thought my kidneys burst or whatever. So that got him, you know, that had him bite the you know get bit by the bug, and he wants to do, do the show. So that's what we've actually been working on, you know, for for all this time. So. We're big time working on it, but like I was talking before with the COVID, we're trying to get everything set and we're trying to get everything together. The only good part that that I've seen so far, and I'll pose this question to Guyam real quick, uh, is yeah. I've been able to heal up from a, from a few injuries because I mean we haven't done anything in almost four months. So uh, right about now, Guyam, how about yourself? Every you know, pretty in good health right now. Well, brother, I, I, 
yeah, I've healed up, and you've healed up, but that's not going to last, man, because the next time we get into the ring, it's going to start all over again, brother. Our bodies <laughs> have taken so much so much punishment through the years. But let me tell you, uh, the, the, I mean, the body is, is a funny thing. We, we yeah. take a lot of punishments. But right now, because of, of, of the situation, the body craves it, man. Uh, I, yep. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. And I think that's only in our business that that we're nuts like that, because uh, we 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 we're away from the from the business. You miss it so much. You wanna? I, I saw calling Vince and they Vince, book me a couple yeah. of uh, nights, will you? Because uh, <laughs> that's the only company that's running. And uh, I mean, geez. And then with Bobby, yeah. it's always a bam slam and. And headbutts and 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 this and that and and so man, but yeah, the body needs it. I'm telling you. And and yesterday I was at the gym, I was in the ring at, at with Enrique uh, Medina, and uh, uh-huh. did you believe I worked out totally alone? There was nobody there. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But but you, yeah. you go in there and you roll around and you hit the ropes and you just, I mean, you just got to give it a real get. I got to be ready for Fabi because Fabi, I know. <laughs> I've seen those big old arms on you on, on, on Facebook. You're pumping it up, brother. So believe me, I'm not. I'm not a, a potato couch, right? So we I'm get not, it out, we get it out, brother. I gave Gaim an elbow, and and I mean my full body weight caught him. Just he just turned into it, and I caught him with full body weight. And he turned yeah, it all. I heard it was thank you for reminding me. I just saw the thing again. <laughs> So, well, what about Enigma? Enigma's had a bad shoulder for quite some time, and it's hard. You know, especially now, me, that I'm older, my joints and my shoulders are like the worst, even just turning the dumbbells, you know, to do presses. How about yourself, Enigma, right now? How's the shoulder, and how about yourself? It's been, you know, some time for you. I'm doing better, brother. I'm doing better. I'm I'm working out uh, because right now my my gym is closed, the only fitness, but I can't stop working out. So I work out right here in my home, doing push-ups, doing strong stuff. And and being yeah. ready because I want to be there in the ring with you, Fabiano, and yeah, I'm gonna do sure. my comeback with you, Fabiano. So yeah, we've be ready. I mean, we've had a, be ready. Do a your long, long do your workout. And do your workout because I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back stronger than ever. I'm feeling younger than I was last year. Yes, Woo! I. I... I agree 100% because we, we feuded way back in the day, and the last time that, that I went against the Chivos, I mean, we had a beating. That did, and I remember telling him, hey, man, when are we going to get our rematch? And you're like, we'll get it, dude, we'll get it. But that was so, so long ago. So now I'm like, well, I still would like that rematch. Don't worry, Fabiano, you're, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Don't worry. So we look forward to that. But uh, real quick, i, I got to take a quick break. Can you guys hang on for just one minute? Let me take a quick break. We'll be yeah, right course, back. I got, a yes, lo- I got a lot more I want to talk to you about. Hold on. Sure. We're right here. Everything, uh, Michael Parks. I don't know if you heard at the beginning. Commercial, you know, commercial, everything brother. Came on. 
at the beginning, and it just everything just went blank. So for three minutes, it took me like three minutes just to get the show back going again or whatever. So for the people listeners, that first three minutes just took a minute, and now I got reset, so we're all good to go. So you're here, you're at the UWC radio. I'm, I got Gayam, I got Enigma de Oro on. I got some stuff I want to talk to them about, and of course one of the co-owners, Michael Parks, is hanging with us too. Real quick before we get into talking about you know the future and what 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 the, what the, uh, the future holds as far as our shows. This is the sure, question bro. I'm going to pose to both Gayam and Enigma de Oro. Yeah, bro. And it's funny because I've been I've been dealing with this for years. Okay, so I'm going to pose this question to you, and we're going to talk about it and see what you think. Now, I've been you know I used to hate when like like kissing kissing Carisma would call me and they go, Hey, Flaviano, can you do that comedy stuff over here? Can you bring that comedy? And I'm like, well, wait a minute, man. I go, I don't yeah, come yeah, up yeah. there with a stool and a mic and and tell jokes. I go, I can wrestle. They go, No, no, no. Right, I know, right. but we want you to come and do that. So. I've been labeled as an entertainment type of wrestling. And a lot of these people, a lot of the pro wrestling companies and stuff say, you know, funny doesn't equal money. We want serious wrestlers or whatever, which I've trained. I've even trained, you know, i trained jujitsu. I've trained even some judo and everything. But to me, I've always wanted to be entertainment because I want the people to come back. I want to give them wanting more so that they'll come back. So real quick, I'll pose this to Enigma first. Do, Do you... I mean, is there a place for that in in the wrestling, or should it just be strictly, you know, uh, heels and rudos and and technicals and and you know, chain wrestling and all that? Give me give me your thoughts on that. No, there's there's a there's a place for everything as long as you have respect for the wrestling business and for the fans. That's important right. because you need to have respect for the wrestling business. That's important, and and not right. make a joke up because because we wrestle. We're second-generation wrestlers who have learned to respect this business to the utmost. And we respect right. it, and we accept uh, uh, funny people. We accept wrestlers, real wrestlers. But entertainers, yes, they can be entertainers. But as long as you yes. present a real, a real wrestling show up in the ring, we're okay with that. Yeah, as long as it's, like you said, respectful, and it's entertainment, keep the people entertained so they want to come back and see it. Now, Gayam, same thing. I'll pose a question yeah, to you. I mean, yeah, there, no. there's a place for it, but just like he said, you got to respect the business, right? Well, well yeah, uh, that's that's the number one thing, respect the business. And uh, and uh, us guys that are old-timers, we make sure people respect it, otherwise they get a nasty. And, and, uh-huh. and that's in the ring and in the dressing room. I mean, yeah, just the way we are. Okay, but the right. other thing is, I, I, I think they confuse things, Fabi, uh, when they say comedy. I think that when they, they refer to you, they're referring to... Uh, hold on a second, Cam. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Michael Parks or somebody, you got your TV on? Because it keeps coming through, the, through, my, through my earphones. The second problem is that we don't have... Anybody got their TV on? There we go. Okay, yeah, no, now we got it. No, I'm competing with I Love Lucy over there. <laughs> Go ahead, Kayam. Finish, finish that, that thought about, about that, making sure you respect was, the business. Or was, was that Gilligan's Island? Anyway. <laughs> Something was going on. <laughs> no, brother, I'm saying is that sometimes they confuse of the funny with the guy who has charisma. And you, Bobby, you have tons of charisma, right? Yeah. And that's what, that's what, and then they confuse it. Some, some guys, you know, some guys don't really know how to speak clearly. And so they don't say, "Oh, you're funny." No, what they mean is that the guy's charismatic. I mean, you, 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 entertainment. We're all we're all entertainers. A boxer's yeah. entertainer. Uh, 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 right. a, a cage fighter's entertainer. 
Why? Because we're busting our ass up there, and the people are sitting back, eating the popcorn, drinking their beer. Yeah, well, that's that's what it's all about, really. And you go back to the Roman era in the Colosseum. Those folks, were they were enjoying seeing these two guys, gladiators, killing themselves. Well, they were playing them, but guess what? They were still considered entertainers because they're entertaining. Right. Right. So, so yeah. So 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 no no. So, but 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 uh, you know the exotic luchadores, the the the. They, <laughs> they, they, they all have this. They, they, we go back to uh, gorgeous George. I mean, this guy was the greatest entertainer in the world. But you don't mess right. around with that guy. He he would get you in a headlock, man, and he'll make you, uh, you put you out so fast, and like right. That. And so uh, yeah. uh, uh, people confuse things sometimes. But when you're yep. up there, when you go between those ropes and you're in there, man. Uh, it comes down to business, and you are uh, the perfect example of that, Bobby. People love yeah. you. People love you. That's but, true. Uh, those guys that think that, oh, Bobby, he's funny, he, he's harmless. Oh, shit, they're totally wrong, and I'll tell you that from experience. <laughs> but but regardless of how entertaining or whatever, when, when, when uh, Guyam and I had the match, it was before the big end of the world uh, match that we had. They, you know, when I pulled this is, and I've been doing this for years. When I pulled that mask off and and put the shirt over and was beating him, the people c- tried to kill me. They came after me, and that was oh, like yeah. the first time I was legitimately. I don't want to say scared, but I was like, holy. So, and that's when Enigma was like, hey, man, he he threw that towel over my head. He gave me my, my envelope. He said, dude, go out the back, get in your car, and go home. Don't even around. So, yeah, yeah. That, well, thank goodness for our me, fans. Yeah, Got to take care was, of our boys. Was, yeah, that was amazing. That was one of the most amazing like matches I've had, even though I've had a million of them. Because it was like the first of all, the place was packed. Uh, they were even asking the wrestlers if they could give up their chairs because there was so many people. So it was just that the heat, all the people. You know, it was packed and everybody, and it was just that was like one of the most amazing uh, matches that I ever had. And it just you know it just came well, really well I'll, there. I'll tell you, Fabi, what what happens there is that you as as as, as a wrestler. As an entertainer, you're up in the ring, you're busting your ass, and the fans, brother, the fans, and, and this goes for fans all over the world. Are you American or you're Mexican? It, go, it, it goes, it just goes down the line. When fans, when you project, when you project to them sincerity, when you project to them that you're going up there and you're you're putting your life on the line, you're giving it all, they give it all right back to you, brother. And so yeah. the fans know that the Chivos are 100% true grit. And so uh, they see uh, uh, one of their Chivos getting his ass handed <laughs> to him. And, 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 and the mask, of course, in, in our culture is the ultimate offense. I mean, their reaction of the fans, that, just, that, that says volumes about Lucha Libre Alliance and the Chivos. How, uh, well, that's our motto. It's tradition and innovation. Because yeah. even new stuff, but its tradition is is the bottom line, and the fans know it, and that's why they react the way they do. God bless them. And uh, Michael <laughs> Park, God willing, you'll see, sir. I hope he's he's, he's still there. Michael Park, yeah, you'll sure. see yeah. that when, when the Chivos are involved, the fans know it and they love it, and they love yeah. it because we give it all our heart, brother. Yeah, I'm a harbor, brother. Yeah, like I said, I'm so. I, I'm so looking forward to working with you guys because, you know, going to the Lucha Alliance Arena and, and, you know, I sit back and I just watch. I don't say a lot. I don't say a lot. I just watch the interaction of the fans with the wrestlers and, and, 
you know, uh, I can tell Danny all the time, or Fabi, about the young man in the wheelchair. Yes, yeah, I watch yeah, him all the time. He's our yes. boy. I, yes. watch him, I watch him all the time and how excited yeah. he gets when you guys oh, come yeah. to the ring and, and when you guys interact with him, he, you know, and I look at his mom looking at him, and I'm like, that's what this is all mm-hmm. about. That's yeah, right, brother. That's what this is, that, that's, exactly. that's what this is about, you know. If yeah. we have an opportunity to hold the fans in the palm of your hand for two hours, yes, and, sir. and to entertain to entertain them and to bring families together for that two hours that they get to enjoy, Lucha yes. or American style wrestling, whatever. But for that two hours, yeah, that's what you're enjoying together, and that's what you get to go home and talk about. And that's yes, the conversation sir. that you guys have, and that that, that brings Thank a you. bond to the family. And I and I, I truly appreciate, excuse me, what you guys do, how long you've been doing it, and how serious you take it because it has to be taken that serious. This business yes, is you, wonderful. This business is wonderful, but you got to take it serious because, man, look. But Mike, they. They have no idea how much we use when we meet, you know, to, to get everything ready for the show that we're doing, how much stuff we use from that. You know, when we talk about it, we say, well, look, this is what they do at Leach Libre Alliance. Let's, you know, make sure we're professional like that and make sure this goes on, you know, in the back. And we talk a lot about that. And it, it set the set the precedence for what we're trying to build up and what we're trying to continue. But real quick, before we continue, you're here. You're at UWC Radio. We're talking to both the Chivos. I got Gayam and Enigma de Oro on. And, of course, one of the yep. co-owners, Michael Parks, talking about, you know, getting this big show ready. But running up against the clock, I want to pose a couple of – one more question. And I could, this could go to the whole panel because I caught a lot of slack over it. I went on last week, and I started off the show with saying, <laughs> Randy Orton, you, you completely suck. So what happened was – uh, and uh, this is the pu- the question that I'm going to pose to Guyam and to Enigma. And I'll go to Enigma first because I, I was telling Guyam earlier when I when I have something like this, I go to him first because he knows he's been in the business and he's got you know the utmost respect for it. And he's been well, both of them have been everywhere. But this is this is the problem I have. Okay, I it, when I God bless a man when I see guys like Andrade and Garza and Grand Metalik, you know, get to the WWE. I mean, that's the pinnacle of where you want to be. That's why everybody's in line. So I'm so happy for them just because they're making good money. You know, they're going to be able to buy a nice house and take care of the family. But they just get so lost in the shuffle. So I feel good for them on one hand because they're doing well, but then I feel so bad for them because they just get buried, you know, (laughs) amongst the, the other wrestlers or whatever. So... I'm kind of torn. So when they bring somebody like Randy Orton in and he throttles Garza and says, oh, you better shape up and all this stuff, to me, I didn't like that. I just did not like because Andrade and Garza have more talent than than Randy Orton can ever know or whatever. So I caught a lot of slack for that. People are like, oh, you know, they're making money, leave them alone, blah, 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 whatever. I get that. But I just don't think that the WWE knows how to use wrestlers like that. To me, I think they need to get somebody in there that maybe like an Alberto de Rio, Dos Carras Jr., who knows, well, if I put these guys against like Nakamura or whatever, it's going to blow the roof off this place. So I'll go to Enigma first. Do you get that? I mean, like on one hand, you feel good for them because they're doing well, but on the other hand, you're just so worried that they're going to get lost in the shuffle? Give me your thoughts on that. No, I, I think I think they're doing good. They're, they're good wrestlers. They're all good wrestlers. And yeah. they're, they're doing their best to do what they have to do, you know, under the circumstances. 
under under the uh, the the, the, uh, uh, the working that that they do. But uh, you know, right. uh, uh, I feel uncomfortable for them because they try to do their best and they're not they're not uh, recognized as much. But uh, right. they are really 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 good rappers, and my respect for them. My respect for them. Uh-huh. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, well, first of all, Andrade has probably got to be the happiest and luckiest man in the world because not only is he working at the top company of ever, but he's engaged to the most nice looking woman and, you know, the, the <laughs> champ, Ric Flair's daughter, you know, and, and Ric Flair bought him a, a right. Rolex and all that. So that man has absolutely every right to be happy, but I'll give that to Kayam. I mean, you, you get, I mean, I honestly feel good for them, glad that they're making money, but I just think they can shine so much more, but I just think they don't know what to do with them. Uh, tip, give me your thoughts on that, Kayam. Well, brother, first of all, Andrade is a former champ, okay? So he was already, he was already, um, Accepted uh, in the business in the WWE and the fans as a United States champ, so he already yeah. has some gold around his waist. Uh, uh, Orton, he's second generation wrestler, probably third generation. I'm not sure of that, but the Orton family, my respects to them. And uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, how Orton is aggressive in the ring, I mean, that's just the way it is. But I mean. Uh, Andrade, he knows he knows how to how to put up a fight there. So, and then Garza, well, fuck that, that. Both kids, Garza and Andrade, they're third generation wrestlers. These guys are yeah. tough, and, and they can go. I mean, these guys can go 100 miles an hour. All right. So, yeah. Um, if, yeah. If, if you saw something you didn't like with with Orton and Andrade, believe or with Garza, believe me, uh, they'll they'll get to him. They'll get to him because that's just the way this this thing. Our, our world just turns around, and our, our world is really small. So uh, uh, they'll they'll get him. Uh, that's just yeah. the way it is. But uh, these kids are so freaking talented, man. Yeah. They're talented. The Garza family. My dad wrestled with Umberto Garza, which is which is Angel's grandpa. Uh-huh. And uh, and then Andrade, Andrade, he his his uh, uh, dad. Trained um, our brother-in-law, or the 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 husband of our niece, Triton, who suffered a broken neck. But anyway, uh, we're all interrelated. I mean, and, and that's just the way it is in the business. But yeah. uh, talent, these kids got talent, and uh, and the fans recognize it. Okay, sometimes I'll tell you something. It, it could be Vince, it could be uh, uh, um, the the promoters in Mexico City, it could be in Japan. The the promoters okay, but the fans are the ones who tell you who is <coughs> the guy, right? And so the yeah. fans are behind these kids. I wish them the best in the world. They're at they're at their top, yeah. top 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 uh, uh, age to do what they got to do. My respects yeah. to uh, Rey Mysterio six one nine. I mean these yeah. guys are just. And they make, they make us very 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 proud, man. And and I'm I'm yeah. very proud of these guys. And like I tell you, it's family. We're all family. The yeah, order, right. the Andrade's, the Garza, we're all family, yeah. brother. And so yeah. uh, once, once you go through those ropes, screw the family. Yeah. You know, it's you against me. And 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 uh, that's just the name of the game. And uh, the the, the Chivos, we come. Uh, we're second generation wrestlers. 
And uh, we've had, I mean, bloodbaths against the Villanos and against the Brazos yeah. and all these dynasties from for Mexico. And and um, it's it, it just the way it is. But going back to those boys, uh, these kids are so talented. The Garza family, wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of I, kids coming up. They're coming up. I, yeah. I, I would agree, but see, that's what I'm saying. If Even if we had somebody – let me do a quick service announcement real quick. <clears throat> Vince McMahon, yeah, get get Guyaman eating my in that office, man. They'll, they'll blow for you, and they'll blow the roof off that place. All right, get somebody in there who knows. Those guys know. But anyways, that's that's what I'm talking about. I just think if they had somebody who knew how to use them, they could really shine, and it would really and, – and Triple H tries a little bit. He's, he's I think he's the one who said, look, man, this Andrade kid can go. Let's put the belt on him, bam, and, and he's going to make it. And, you know, he, he made it. So I think he does. His vision is a little bit more, you know, I think McMahon's more old school. He likes to see the big garrotes and, you know, big people and stuff like that. So I think maybe that's going to turn it around. But anyways, I'm just glad that they're making money and they're doing well for themselves. So yeah, real quick, but for the people listening to us, a uh, big thank you to, of course, Gayam and Enigma. Don't forget at Lucha Libre Alliance, you. if you want to check out one of their shows, hopefully they'll be back soon. We're still, we're ready to go. I mean, we have everything ready to go. We're just waiting for them to say, oh, okay, you can have X amount of people, and, and we're good to go. So hopefully you guys will be back uh, real soon. Michael Parks, anything you want to say to the Chivos before we let them go? No, just thank you guys for coming on, on the show and being there, sure hanging is. out with Fabi and, and, and thank you, sir. Allowing, allowing the listeners to uh, hear what it's like to be a legend in Lucha Libre. And, and thank you, sir. You know, uh, the behind the scenes of what it, you know, the the feeling that you have to have, the the, the respect you have to have as a luchador yes, in this business, and and I you know, it, it needs to be passed on. So again, I thank you guys for being on the show with us tonight, and you know, I'm looking forward to you guys being on the show with us again and in person. Yeah. And well, thank I you very much. And- I just want to say to Enigma, thank you for saving my life that day. I owe you, I owe you a <laughs> tremendous amount. I'm most appreciative. And don't forget, it's booked. We got uh, that's, Diane that's what, and Fletch Fugas no, versus Power Baby about, Genesis and, and, of course, yeah, absolutely. So we definitely look forward to that. To the Chivos, a million thank yous for coming on. I am most appreciative. We'll see you soon. We got some stuff, some uh, live stuff that, that's booked. Maybe we can get uh, Enigma or Guyam to take a couple of chops, but we'll, we'll keep in touch and let you know for sure. Uh-huh. So for the, <laughs> the Chivos, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Michael Park, stay on the line because i got a few more things I want to run past you. The Chivos, everybody, make sure you check them out. We'll be right back. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'm here. Good. Hang on a second because I'm gonna shoot a quick, a quick test, uh, a quick test. Hold on one second. Uh, let me just run this. Real quick for the people listening to us, you're here. You're at UWC Radio. We just got finished talking to the chief. Was talking about you know tradition and, and respect for the business and everything like that, man. And, and no more respect that I have for for those guys because they've been we've been feuding for years, man. I have a picture in my um. 
in my Facebook of where I have two. One where Enigma's giving me a, a, a hip toss, and I'm right in mid, uh, mid-hip toss, and one where I got Enigma um, up against the ropes or something. And that was literally almost 21 years ago. It was at the, at the uh, Frank and Sons, and we're working for Bart, and we were working since back then. It's funny because uh, we had a show over there, and it got switched. And I, I ended up wrestling with, with um, Durango Kid against Damien and Halloween. And they moved Sergio to with they put him with Fubi and they worked against the Chivos and I was watching their match and I don't know what happened but they slammed they slammed Sergio but somehow he ended up on his stomach and when and, and when when Gaim slammed him Enigma was already coming off the ropes and he was in the air for the senton so instead of giving us him a senton you know on his stomach he he gave a senton on his back and I can hear oh. every bone. I could hear every just cracking, and I was in the back, dude. And I heard, <laughs> oh my god! I said, oh my god, he's dead. He is dead. So they finished the match and everything, and and Sergio comes back, and I go, dude. I go, are you okay? I go, that slanton was ridiculous. He goes, you know what, dude? He hit me just right and it straightened out my whole back. <laughs> I'm upright. <laughs> so he got him just right and and straight like a chiropractor. Straightened out his whole back, so we were we were laughing. We thought it was so funny, but real quick, you know, Jim Stranger. Hopefully, I I gave you the right number. Um, you know what? Let me. I, you know, Mike. I'm I'm notor- Is it the word notorious for giving uh giving out wrong numbers? So let me call him and see if I, if I got the right number. Wow. Oh, I, I you okay. know I I did that on, on my other show and I got I caught hell for because I was like dead air for I don't know how long. Oh, here he is. Hold on, I'm sorry. Hold on real quick. It's coming through and we're, hello, you're live on UWC Radio. Is this Jim? Hello, good evening. Yes, hey, this is, is this Jim. Jim. This is the stranger. Hey, it's Jim Stranger himself. Real quick for the people listening, you're here. You're on UWC Radio. Just got finished talking to the Chios, and I still have the co-owner of United Wrestling Council, Michael Parks, with me. But on the line right now, Jim Stranger. You know, Mike, I wanted to get Jim Stranger on because, like, remember, I kept uh, telling you for so long about this Compton Mania, how I wasn't even booked, but I had such a good time, and I, I can't stop talking about it because it was just, a, you know, there's some shows where you just have fun. I wasn't even booked because uh, the next day I was wrestling Kayam. Uh, I think it was the the end of the world match or whatever, and and that, so I went with uh, with Nicolette because she was teaming with the high risk. So Jim Stranger was there, and thank God, I mean, to this day, because the, that's when they had the big uh, Yoel Romero fight, and I wanted to see it, and then they had the, the girl fight that was considered one of the fight, fight of the year. So luckily Jim brought his phone, and he had the app, and we were able to watch it. So I was so thankful for that. So I said, "Hey, won't you come on? Because there's a, there, there's a lot that I want to talk about." So before we before we get into talking about what I want to talk about, uh, real quick, Jim Stranger, for the people listeners on UWC Radio, explain a little bit about Compton Mania because I don't want to say it was a backyard show because the ring wasn't actually in the backyard; it was actually in like a side yard, but it was huge. And Martin brought the big ring the 20 by 20 so it was able to fit that now real quick who did you wrestle on that show i can't remember i'm sorry i'm old but i can't remember um yes that compton mania event was in march at the beginning of march i believe it was march 7th yeah right before the and i wrestled sean black yes Uh, i wrestled sean black and he's involved with uh you know being one of the owners 
and uh, one of the promoters for Compton Mania. You know, he brought me in through Amped Up Wrestling, another event that he runs. And uh, Compton Mania is basically just a uh, it's a new show here um, in Southern California where they where it was explained to me like, hey, you know, we we want to have uh, some fun wrestling here. We want to add a little bit of comedy into it. And but we also, you know, we want to bring some wrestling to into the inner city where um, wrestling isn't always held, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, definitely, you know, I'm with that. And um, the last show that we had, it was great. Like you were saying, um, it wasn't so much a backyard show, but it was a show that was definitely um, it had it had a a vibe to it that like you were like you felt like yeah, I'm definitely in the neighborhood. Yeah. And it was a great fun time, dude. The, I loved I loved the crowd. It was a good vibe. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's amazing because you never know. Because when I first got there, I was like, "Wow, you know, this is this is dip, this is literally a house show." But I mean, from from the beginning to the end, the crowd was was pumped. Everything you know was was just spot on. Everybody was enjoying themselves. You know, everything went really well. And I actually had a, I didn't even wrestle, and I had a good time. And and you know, at the end when when high risk went over and, and everybody went home happy, I was like. This is what wrestling should be. You know, everybody just had a good time, and everybody went home happy. So not only that, but, you know, he does Amped Up in Inglewood, and over there in Inglewood, he, he does a, a show for the kids and all that. And I've been in many, many a locker room. I've got changed in horse stalls and things of that nature. But this place, we're talking plush. Not only does it have a swimming pool, but it has a jacuzzi working showers, it has uh, running bathrooms. I mean, it is amazing to work at Amped Up. Now, unfortunately for Jim Stranger, when he worked on the Battle Royal, I, I, I remember, albeit vaguely, didn't we work a little spot or something? Was it in the Battle Royal or something at Amped Up? I can't remember. Do you remember? Yeah, we, we've tangled a little bit in the ring a couple times. Um, yeah. I believe I was in a tag team match against you. And, uh, yeah, yeah we, 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 we tussled a little bit in the Battle Royal. And, you know, yeah. I definitely learned my lesson that night to not mess with Favio. You know, he's a veteran of the <laughs> ring. He knows all the tactics to get you where you least expect it. Well, unfortunately for Jim Stranger, when I did that show, I was literally, I think, four months after I had my um, my left hip uh, replaced. So I couldn't, I couldn't do too much or whatever. It was Punch and Kick Fest 2019 or 2018, whatever it was. So now, it, you know, like we were talking about earlier with this COVID, it sucks because we haven't been able to do much. But I've actually had time to train and I've actually had time to get myself heal up with some injuries. So now I'm chomping at the bit to get back because I actually feel pretty good. I'm, I'm ready to go. So this is the question. And we talked a little bit about this with the Chivos. So I'll, I'll, I'll pose this to, to Jim Stranger and, of course, Michael Parsons. He's with us. I, I, I've been uh, labeled like an entertainer. I hate the word comedian or comic wrestler, but an entertaining type of wrestler. I've been doing that for over 20 years. I've been, you know, just trying to entertain the people so that they go, man, you got this dude. You should have seen what he did. You got to come back and check it out. Um, guys like um, – uh, uh, Ruby Gardenia, Dulce, people like that. They're exoticos, but they're on a different level. But they're still entertaining, but they can still wrestle. And this is what I'm trying to tell people. You you cannot be a comedic wrestler or an entertainer. You have to know how to wrestle. And with the Chivos on there saying, if you don't know what you're doing, they're just going to kick your ass. I mean, you know, if you're acting silly and don't respect the business, they're just going to give you a beating. Now, 
give us your thoughts on that real quick, Jim Stranger. Do you, do you kind of see what I'm talking about? There's, I want to do a little bit of an entertainment element so that the people will come back to see see me. But there is also uh, you have to have a certain respect for the business, or else you're, you're just not going to make it, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you have to um, you know be entertaining and bring. And um, you know you have to you have to bring a good a good show. You know you have, you have to bring a good presence, right? And overall, you have to bring a good act. You know when you're yes. out there, it's your 15 minutes. You know all eyes are on you, and you want the fans to leave that show remembering your act. Okay, this, this is what I'm going to tell you. Okay, this is this is what I'm I'm saying. Now, Michael Parks, uh, he's, he's the uh, uh, co-owner of the United Wrestling Council. Okay, him and I went to go see New Japan uh, at the, at, in Long Beach. Is somebody having a party back there? Is that, is that you, Mike? Okay, no, keep going. I'm walking. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Okay. Now, now, Michael Parks, we got Jim Stranger on the line with us, and and answer me this question: We saw Marty Skrull wrestle um, Will Ospreay. And not only yeah. did they go back and forth, but that Marty Skrull was the most entertaining knucklehead that I've ever seen in my life. I was so happy with that match. It had everything. They they hit moves. Marty was entertaining as all heck. And I, I was actually sad when somebody hit the three count. Do you, you remember that, Mike? Give me your thoughts on that because I thought that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, well, you know, my whole my whole thing about this is, you know, with you and, and, and Sergio, you guys are entertaining because you guys interact with the fans. You make them right. laugh, but you got, you guys can go. You understand what I'm saying? You're not. Yep. You, you guys can wrestle. So you know, and and there's there's spots in your in your match where you guys you guys go and you right. guys wrestle. So it's like it, it, so it's like it's a plus plus in my eyes, for the fans because, number one, they get to interact with you, they get to laugh, they get to to yell at you, and you yell back at them, and they see you and Sergio going at it. And, but at the same time, when you get back in the ring and you guys go, you guys show that you guys can really wrestle. And that's what, yes. that's what it's all about. That's, so, that's you know, that, that is, that is, that's the biggest part of it is, being able to show that that comedy side, but yet still show, hey, I can still get down when right. I, I, you know, right. at the drop of a hat, I, I, can, know, I can still get down. Don't don't take my comedy for for a weakness. Yeah, I'm only exactly, doing it to, get, to make exactly. you smile. Yeah, exactly. I got now, you. now, now, Jim Stranger, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. Okay, first one was Marty Skrull. I mean, he he put on a show even when they. They were in a tag and they wrestled those Samoanos, the the Gorillas of Destiny. He, you know, they were all Bullet Club, but he made it work. It was amazing. And the other person, who I don't know what happened, but he put on a, a, the most one of the most entertaining shows that I've seen was Cody Rhodes. He was a heel uh, back then when when New Japan came and and he was with the Bullet Club, and the stuff that he did, the way he he um, used his wife. 
or whatever. I mean, the people got so mad because he he pulled, and she took the bump. He pulled her when when one of the one of the Samoanos did a, a splash, and the some the Samoan splashed her, and the oh my god, I thought the people were gonna die. So they um he he worked that heel gimmick to where I was thoroughly entertained. What the hell's going on now in AEW? I don't know, but I would say him. Back then, and Marty Skrull were two of the most entertaining people that I've ever seen, even in this late, because I've been doing this forever, and I thought they really, the way they mixed it was awesome. Now, Jim Stranger, give me your thoughts on that. I'm going to go with Marty Skrull and the old uh, New Japan Cody Rhodes as two of the most entertaining wrestlers that, that I've seen. What about yourself? Can you, would you agree, or can you include somebody else? Let me know. I can definitely agree with that. Um with Cody Rhodes' resurgence in his career, you know, there's a new this new path in his career that he's taken over the years. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites had to have been, I would say, in 2018 when he when he had a match with Nick Aldis at All In. Yes. That was probably that was probably one of my favorite Cody's. And then the following year, which was last year, he had a match, which in my opinion was probably match of the year with his brother Dustin Rhodes. Um, so yeah. Cody's definitely. You know he he he's incredible in the ring. He knows what he's doing, and it shows right now him being champion in AEW. But I, you know, I gotta tell you, man, I, I I would like to see him heal. I would like to see him make that heel turn and bring in uh, Brandy like he did in New Japan, and they they would put on a show, man. I mean, I was third. I even tell Nicolette, uh, you know, I tell her, I go, you know, watch that Brandy Road. She knows how to work that crowd, and she knows how to get people hot. And they just want to see Cody get killed or whatever. I thought I thought back then he was really – I think a heel works much better for him for sure. Definitely entertained on that end. And Marty Skrull, both times that we've seen him in person, that dude's put on a show. Even now in Ring of Honor, he, he could still put on a show. But if you watch some of the early Marty Skrull, like even against somebody like Zack Sabre Jr., who who's like – you know, massive technical wrestler, they they put on a show. There's one where they were first wrestling out there in England somewhere, and it, they were one-on-one, and it was like a house show or whatever. And, man, they, they put on, even with Zack Sabre doing his technical stuff, Marty was still able to implement that entertainment type of style, and it worked. I mean, that dude, to me, is a genius. Him and the Cody Rhodes as a heel really knew how to work it back then. So we, I definitely would look forward to that, and I'm just putting that out there that, that, yeah, they're both entertaining, but they both can wrestle. Marty Skrull can go technical, too. That man can work. I've seen it, but let me take a quick break. Jim, can you can you hang on for for one minute? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, hang on one second, then I'm going to come back and make a big announcement when we come back. Hold on, everybody. talking about we're talking here with jim stranger and of course michael parks one of the co-owners of uwc and you're at uwc radio don't forget we're, we're steadily working on the uwc website so you can check out all the stuff we have coming up we got a big show ready to go it's in the how, how would we say it? the bullet is in the chamber we're just waiting for the cdc to give us the word so that we can pull the trigger and we're definitely working about that talking about entertaining wrestlers and, and things of that nature so this is what, what the announcement 
that I'm talking about. Since this whole COVID thing has been going down and I've had a chance to train, I've had a chance to heal up and all that, I said, okay, look, from now on, whatever company you're from, I will wrestle your best technical wrestler and show you what I'm talking about. So I, I talk to people like Durango from Enoki Dojo, and I'm like, well, who's your best technical wrestler? And he goes, well, I guess that would be me since I'm the trainer. I said, okay, I'll pay your booking fee uh, to wrestle. We can either wrestle at Enoki Dojo, or you can come over here and wrestle with the UWC. This is the whole reason why I'm working with Michael Parks and Manny Pinson, and we're getting, we're starting to put this all together. If, if you don't want me to come to your dojo, you can come over to our show, and I'll, I'll pay you, and we'll wrestle, and I'll wrestle a strictly technical match. I said the same thing to OCCW. Who's your best technical wrestler? Oh, I guess it's Mariachi Local. I'll pay his booking fee. We'll go one-on-one, and I'll, I'll show you. So people are like, what? what? But you're an entertainer. I go, yeah, but you, it's, it's not just that. I'm telling you. I will go one-on-one. We could go straight technical wrestling or, or whatever, whatever you want to do. First of all, Michael Parks, as you know, the people think I'm nuts. They're like, yeah, right, or whatever. But when I tell them, well, I'll pay your booking fee, or how much do you want to come to UWC, then they go, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, he, he's serious, or whatever. So I right. put that out. I put that, put that out to FMLL. I put that out to Botanas, who's out there in the um, – New Traditional out there in the Valley, uh, MPW with Logan Ten. Logan Ten I've known for, for years, and he's like, dude, anytime you want to come down, let me know who you want to wrestle, and, and it's done. So I'm like, well, who's your best wrestler? And he goes, well, I, I don't know, maybe Ray Rosa. So done. I go, you either I'll pay his booking fee or you don't have to pay me. I'm just going to come down to show you that, that I can wrestle, that I'm not just coming out there with a stool and, and a microphone and making jokes. And then they're like, uh, all right, you know, when you tell them you'll pay their booking fee, they're like, heck yeah. So, first of all, Jim Stranger, what do you think about that? I mean, uh, do you personally, do you say, well, look, man, I got I want to be a straight technical wrestler, or do you try to implement what you can? Because, you, you know, Jim Stranger is kind of like somebody that you don't see too much, and he's kind of, you know, stalking or whatever, and, you know, he's going to come out and get you from behind and take you out. So, Talk a little bit about that. Do you do you focus mostly on your technical wrestling, or do you try to you know bring a certain element of like you know a dark side or whatever to to get yourself over with the people? Uh, I try to be well versed in, in all areas of wrestling. You know, wrestling involves you having to be technically skilled, knowing how to how to evade your opponent, how to right. keep, how to how to keep a good distance, you know, how to keep good control. And, you know, you get a lot of different styles of wrestling. You get um, wrestling from Japan. These guys come at you hard, hitting, and fast. Yeah. And, and, and the only way that you could stop them is by knocking them down harder than they knock you down. Oh, yeah. And then you got the Lucha Libre style. These guys are jumping all over the place. You could barely get your hands on them. They're rolling, <laughs> ducking, diving. And and you got to try to keep up with them, you know? And, right. And, and the Lucha Libre style... Yeah, it could it could be very you know, um, you know, it could be high risk you know, but yeah, Lucha Libre has a very very good history in their technical wrestling. Right. You don't want to underestimate a Lucha Libre wrestler. So I I, yeah, I try it, to study all types of wrestling, and but definitely I would say my favorite form of you know fighting would be probably boxing, you know, so I focus a lot yeah. on my striking, and, uh, you know, I enjoy MMA, so I, I focus a lot on my kicks, striking, and um, and then wrestling, you know, it comes next. 
Right. And, you know, in this day and age, especially, you know, the, the way things are going now, you, you, you have to train your luchas. You've got to train your luchas. You've got to train your pro wrestling. You've got to train a little bit of shoot style. You've got to train a little bit of strong style or whatever because, you know, it, it, you, you could be anywhere. And they're going to say, hey, bro, we, we need somebody that can work luchas. I'm here, bro. Let me know. I'll be honest with you. I was working for Lucha Pro. This was maybe three shows before all this COVID hit. And somebody didn't show up. My opponent didn't show up, so they put me in a three-way with Robbie Phoenix and uh, uh, Phoenix Star from, from uh, you know, Phoenix Star and Zokery. And I went, ah, man. I said, you know, these guys could go. I'm a little bit older, so I was actually kind of nervous, you know. And I'm like, well, but we ended up having a good match only because these guys were able to adapt, and it was a three-way, so they did most of the hard work. And, and it turned out to, to work really well. So, like, um, everything okay over there? Who's What's going on? Mike, the kids over there, you okay? I got a little mama walking down the street Who's... trying to trying to catch one of her neighbors. And she's walking with her kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> the little one, doesn't, well, little one is mad. I... Yeah, so so anyways, like I'm saying, you know, you, you have to be, you never know what's going to happen when you go to, to a, a wrestling show in your book, you never know, and and it turned out to be, you know, a good match, only because, the, like, we talk a lot about, Michael Parks and I talk a lot about dance partners, and that um, that was, you know, I had two two guys who really knew, you know, like, how to work with me or whatever, and it turned out to be good, but I was a little nervous, I thought, man, these, you know, these guys can go, but it, it, it worked out. So the point I'm trying to make is, especially with somebody like Jim Stranger, when 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 you work a lot and you're there and 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 they know, hey man, if I bring in Jim Stranger, he could work luchas, man. Let's let's put him with this person or whatever. It it all turns out and helps in the mix. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what when we talk about UWC, we talk about the United Wrestling Council. When Michael Parks and Manny and myself got together, that's what we're doing on this show. We're we're gonna make sure that we have a straight lucha match. You know, then we're going to have a girls' match so that, that everybody can get all facets or whatever. And then, for lack of a better term, uh, an entertaining match. And then we're going to have, like, a high-risk match and make sure we cover all bases. This is for the first show. This is the one that's going to put us on the map. That's why I've been working so hard. So that's why I bring guys like Jim Stranger on here because I see that in him. You know, he, he he's hungry. He's like, you know, hey, man, we talked at, at – uh, amped up, and he's like, "Hey, bro, if we do this, uh, yeah, man, let's do." You know, and then I see him at Comptomania, and we talk a little bit about wrestling. We talk a little about UFC and all that. Just like him and Captain Corona are really like asking questions, and they're wanting to know about this and all that. So to me, when I see that in somebody, that's what I want to bring them. I want guys that work, you know, that are willing to to listen and willing to check it out or whatever. So. You know, that's why we bring Jim Stranger on so we can pick his brain for all the stuff that's going on with the young people. I almost said young bucks, but with the young people because, you know, we're getting older or whatever. So it's good to get him on so that we can pick his brain and talk about the, you know, the younger guys that are coming up and how hard they have to work just to, just to get out there. But as Michael Parks can attest to, it's a lot easier now, right, Mike, because you have, like, YouTube and you can send people to your Facebook and you can show them videos. Back then when you did your show at the Zacatecano, there was no cell phones. There was no Internet, no nothing. you remember? Yeah, I mean, I I believe MySpace was just trying to come out <laughs> when we did the show back in 97. So it was there – was, there was really no social media. Um, right. Uh but it, I mean, it was, it was actually, social media was strong enough that we couldn't record the show because at the time, remember Cicosis and, and yeah. then they were under contract with with WCW, and yes. 
basically they were doing a show when they shouldn't have been doing a show. Wrestling yes. for us. They shouldn't have been it wrestling for us. It was on the hush hush. It was on, yeah, it was on the hush hush. And so uh that 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 sucked. But then again, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing because that show yeah. was amazing. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it it was a learning experience for everybody. A learning yep. experience of doing doing the promoting, doing the, the work behind the scenes and uh Right. That's why we're doing it again. That's why we're doing it yeah, again. That, that, Jim, we're almost been, going uh, full circle and trying to get it back. Now, real quick, Jim Stranger, before we get out of here, even though your career's you know still pretty young and all that, so far, give me your toughest. I'll give you mine, and you give me your toughest match that you've had so far. A match where you were like, when the match is over, he's like, dang, man, this dude made me work. Can you give us that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my toughest match has to be against... Uh, um, Ranchi Rico. Oh, jeez. What, what you is that championship what? wrestling from Hollywood? What you guys wrestle at? We we had a wrestling match at um, EWF Empire Wrestling Federation. Ah, uh huh. With Jesse Hernandez. And what was it? Because yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, Rico definitely. His strength. Go ahead. Was it was it just the strength or whatever? Oh or yeah, definitely. It, it it was definitely it was his strength. Um, it, it just, it seemed like he was always a step ahead of me, and, um, it, it, it probably goes to how many years he's been in the ring more than me. Yeah. And so, you know, definitely, I, I was trying to bring it to him, but, um, he had this technique of, he was just working my back, and he was yeah. doing, uh, different variations of backbreakers on me, and it, it was starting to take its toll. He had a superplex on me, and, and that definitely, uh was one of the matches where at the end I was like, man, um, I'm going to be feeling that one. And it, it definitely it affected me emotionally too because it was my first ever, you know, match going up against somebody who was, who was a champion. And yeah. so I had a lot to prove. And I, I, was, I was weighing a lot on myself to win that match and to prove to people that, hey, maybe I, I could deserve a, a, a title shot. And yeah. unfortunately I wasn't able to make that happen, but – you know that that definitely stuck in my mind that night and to this day that man Ranchi Rico is is not a guy to take lightly. <laughs> but you, <clears throat> but you learn from it, right? I mean, it's all experience, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, every time you get in the ring, it, it's a new experience, and and you learn more every time. You know, you learn so that the next time you, you're quicker, you can think quicker, and maybe you could get a counter when you weren't able to get a counter before. You're able to reverse. <laughs> somebody and you might not have been able to think that quickly before but the more and more yeah. you get in there the more you know situations that you're put in yeah you know the, the more you're able to acclimate it, your your skill and it's, to it's good cause, to the yeah, experience as long that as you're you, having in the ring with the other opponent yeah and as long as you learn from it that's the main thing because now you look back and go man if I'm going to go up against something like this again, I'm going to do this. And, you know, it, it, it's it's good that you got that experience. And it's all experience, man. The more you wrestle, the more people you go against or whatever, that's just going to benefit you. So I'll tell this story real quick because we got to get out of here pretty soon. But uh, And I think Michael Parks has heard this story many times. But this was back in the day. This was probably, it had to be a good, I'm going to say maybe 15 years ago, maybe more. But uh, we, we had a buddy named B.J. Darden. 
who who used to do shows, and he hooked up with these with these Arab guys that backed him with some money. So he did a big show in Visalia. Uh, my my partner Bronx Bomber wrestled Greg Valentine. They brought in um, Yokozuna. They brought in. Okay, this is the match. It was. <laughs> it was the two pit bulls from ECW, and then it was uh, the Samoan SWAT team, the Tonga Kid and and Samu as a Samoan SWAT team. Jim Neidhart and BJ's buddy that it was only a second match and they were going over. Oh Dude, I, I'm i I'm telling you, I was in the back and, and Samu co- comes up to the kid and goes, Hey man, I'm gonna put you in a top wrist lock and the kid goes, uh I don't, what is that? I don't know what that is and they looked at me and they said something in Samoan to each other, said, Don't worry about it, bro, we got this. So they oh, they wow. completely they completely annihilated. I mean, not not beating bloody, but I mean, just you know, when when the Samoanos do splashes, they there's no knees or elbows, dude. If you don't protect yourself, they're gonna squish the heck out of you. So they went back and forth, and then they handed them off to the pit bulls, and the pit bulls were doing like these running power slams and all this stuff. So they just kept going and going and going. So finally, they they let the kid up. He tags out to Nightheart. Nightheart gives one of the pit bulls a clothesline, and they went home. I was like, dude, Nightheart did like eight seconds of work, and that was it. So, anyways, uh, the the what happened was, I was gonna wrestle Rikishi in the Sultan gimmick when he was doing the Sultan back then. So we're there uh-huh. and, and we're at the we're at the hotel and everything, and, and uh, BJ comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, bro," he goes. Uh, Rikishi's not going to be able to make it, so so Eddie Fatu's coming down. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I had no idea who Eddie Fatu was. That was Umaga. So yeah. I, see this, I see this big Samoan, and he's like, what's up, bro? And, I, Let's do it. and I'm and I'm cool. I had the belt, and I had, like, the TV belt, and I was going over. And I <laughs> yeah, bro. And he goes, look, man, let's just do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I'm like, man, I go, you know, you got to put me over, bro. But this, And he goes, well, you know what, dude? I'll put you in the clutch. He goes, and then the, the referee will just disqualify me. And I go, okay, cool. So we go out there, dude. And, I mean, I, I mean, I felt like a little – this guy was one of the strongest guys I've ever seen in my – I mean, I was two, probably 245 back then, and he was picking me up like a little kid. So then he goes, let's go outside and, and waste some time. And I go, all right, so he throws me outside. And I was trying to get some offense, and I was going to throw him into the ring post, but he reversed it and threw me into the ring post. And I went down, and I'm, I'm on my back, and I'm looking for him, and I don't see him. And finally, I turn to my left, and he's pulling out a table. And I went, what the heck? So he pulls the table out, opens it. He literally, he puts his hand uh, on my throat, like up under my chin, and the other one under my armpit, lifts me up and holds me with one hand oh. under under my chin. I swear to God, for about a good four seconds, and then boom, right to the table. So I'm sitting there going, holy <laughs> shit. And, you know, the, the table broke my fall. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, I was literally in the air in my mind going, did this motherfucker just pick me up? <laughs> so he throws me back in. He says, okay, let's go home. So I go, thank God. I go, I'm waiting for him to put me in the clutch. So he picks me up and he slams me. And I'm waiting for the clutch. And I'm going, what the? I turn and look. He's on the third rope for the splash. Oh. And before I had a chance, I said, oh, and boom. I felt the ring go all the way down and come back up. That's how, I mean, he splashed Ooh. the shit out of me. <laughs> He puts me in the clutch, and the referee, you know, disqualifies him. 
So we're in the back, and I swear to God, I was on my, like, had my hands on my knees, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, what happened? And, and he walks up to me like, it's like, hey, bro, good job, man, appreciate you, and walked off. And I was like, oh. it felt like, like, like if you lived in Oklahoma and went through a tornado, and then it just passed by, and, and, and you're okay. I mean, I was like, dude, that, I mean, I never forgot, like, I wanted to go up to him and just like go, hey, man, uh, thank you for not killing me. I go, I appreciate you. I don't want to say I was scared, but I was like, I just could not believe, because I'm usually the bigger guy, and I'm usually the one, you know, doing them. And this dude just, like, blew right through me like it was nothing. I mean, and, and when when they hit you, dude, when they hit you with a tackle or whatever, you better prepare yourself, because if not, you, you'll be dead. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, I talked about it from the time we finished. We took a shower, and we, I think we, I don't remember if we drove back from Visalia or whatever, but I talked about that all the way to Al, the Bronx Bomber, all the way home. Cause I was like, hey, and the dude picked me up with one hand, and then I don't know what happened, and then he's like, all right, man. I said, no, no, but you got to listen. He, he, one hand, dude, one hand. So, anyways, uh, that's one match that I will never forget. I mean, it was amazing. It, just unbelievable how the strength, and not only that, dude, but they were so fast. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. So anyways, and also on that thing, you know, Yokozuna and them can't fly, so they drove in a truck. It was him and, and the, the head shrinkers and a bunch of kids. I mean, there must have been – well, let's put it this way. When we got there, we got to the hotel, and Al and I, Bronx Bomber, were sharing a room. So we get in the we get in the room, and, and he goes uh, – we put our stuff down, and I looked out. We were like on the eighth floor or something. I look out, and I see the pool, and it's just empty. So Al tells me, he goes, I'm going to put my trunks on and get some sun. I suggest your white ass goes down and does the same thing. And I go, all right, bro. So he puts his trunks on, he heads out. And um, I look out there, and him and Greg Valentine were, were, were by the pool. So I said, I turned the air conditioner on, I took a nap. So I took a nap for about maybe about an hour and a half. So I woke up, and I opened the curtain to see if they're still out there. The Samoans had got there. You couldn't even see the water, dude. It was just... Samoan kids and just everywhere, dude. I was like, holy shit, because they brought like two trucks and they all brought their kids and they all brought, you know, uh, the family. So, <laughs> anyways, to, at the end of the show, uh, we're all sitting in the lobby and and they they paid us by a check, you know. And I don't care, I give me a check, I don't care, whatever. So they go to give Yokozuna a check and he and he says. Hey man, we don't take checks. He goes, you better have some cash on you or whatever. And and the guy's going, well look man. He goes, you know it, it's Saturday night and 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 you know the banks are closed on Sunday. And I can, he goes, okay, hold on a second. This is when cell phones first came out. He had one of those big ass uh, black cell phones that's about you know forty pounds. And he go, he tells <laughs> him, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an hour. He goes, and if you don't have my money, I'm gonna get on this phone, and you're gonna wish that you had the money. Okay, hold on, bro. I'll be back. So I go, I'm going to the room. If there's bloodshed, I don't want to see what happens. So I go up to the room, and I watch the TV or whatever. About an hour later, Al comes up, and he, I go, hey, man, what happened? He goes, that dude came back with the cash that got paid. <laughs> Thank God, because I don't want to see some bloodshed. But, I, you know, again, talking about experience, that was like one of the best times I ever had. You know, we, we had so much fun. And to see this kid get you know, just completely thrashed by uh, these top guys, and then Nightheart to just give one clothesline. 
mean, it was it was awesome. That was one of the best shows that that I ever had. But anyways, uh, I got tons of more stories like that. But that was just one because I'll never forget that because I've never have been since then or before then thrashed like I was in that match. I mean, it was amazing. But anyways. Jim Stranger, man, a million thank yous for coming on. We appreciate it. I hope I see you soon. Hopefully this COVID crap is going to be over soon and we can get back to normal and do some wrestling and do some Amped Up and do some Compton Mania. And then, of course, Michael Parks, we're working on this big show. And after that, we'll, we'll bring Jim Stranger in. I, I think I have a good opponent for Jim Stranger. I think uh, in a tag team, I've been tossing some stuff around. I think I have some good work for him. So we'll definitely look into him in the future. So for the people listeners, Jim Stranger, I know you if you put Jim Stranger in your little search engine and Facebook, your stuff comes up. Any other social media? Yeah, you could uh, reach me at Instagram at Jim the Stranger and also on Twitter Jim the Stranger. And I appreciate you having me on, Fabi. I had a great time tonight, and I always Absolutely. have a good time coming in contact with you. You're you're a good person to talk to. And um yeah, yeah definitely. It, it it was fun. <laughs> being on here tonight, and that's, I appreciate the invitation. That's because I'm old, man, and I've I've done seen it all. I've done seen it, heard it all. <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> Michael Parks, co-owner uh, with Manny Pinson of the United Wrestling Council. Of course, we wish Manny a speedy recovery. He's laid up. You know, we definitely got to get him back in the mix, only because the best part of meeting is when we go to Manny's house, that man has the best coffee I've ever tasted in my life. I don't know. I think it's Nescafe <laughs> or whatever, but it is awesome. So we definitely look forward to that for the people listening to us. Don't forget, Jim Stranger, make sure you check him out on all his social media. He'll be working for us soon. And, of course, United Wrestling Council will keep everybody up to date on all our social media. Michael Parks, I'll see you soon. Jim Stranger, I'll see you soon after that. To the people listening to us, have a good night, and we'll see everybody right back here next Friday. See you. Good night, everybody.